Hello, I'm Johnny. And I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. For episode five, we'll be discussing our go-to cookbook recipes. Uh, You know, cooking our way through a different cookbook each week, while fun, doesn't really afford us the opportunity to make the same meal repeatedly, which was the main objective for beginning this project over 21 months ago. Uh, There are still a few trusted recipes that we will turn to time and time again. Uh, These are dishes that we make when we have a rare night off from our food styling and photography, Um, or it's just stuff that we use as pantry staples. And we thought it'd be fun to share them with you. So here Sharing we go. is caring. <laughs> How you doing, Victoria? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I did some yoga this morning. Yes, I was there. Yeah? You're we, doing a great job, by the a, way. We had a good yoga session. We did. Um, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash tasty pages, which is where this podcast is hosted, um, you'll see a little support button there. Um, think of it as an online virtual tip jar, and that is a way that you could throw a few pennies our way and show your support for what we're doing if you enjoy the podcast, which we hope you do. Um, you could also go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, and there's a little store tab that you can click. That will take you to our Amazon.com affiliate link. You heard of this Amazon.com, Victoria? I believe I have. You can get anything there. Um We've got a couple lists there, the first being kitchen essentials for home cooks. So if you are an avid cook, if you have an avid cook in your life that you'd like to purchase a cool gift for. And let me say, nothing on that list. We are not being paid to endorse anything. It's just stuff that we really like, and so we figured we would share it with you. Yep. And then we also have a list of cookbooks. Now, these are ones that we've featured in our Instagram feed, and it's kind of the best of the best. So there's about 50 of them on there. They're the ones that really stood out from all the ones that we've featured. And uh, you can get something cool. You can help support us um, at the same time. And best of all, it does not cost you a penny more. Woo! Win-win. So, hey, Victoria. Yeah? Let's talk about what we're uh, working on this week. All right. So, we tomorrow we will, we will be starting not one, but two books. Whoa. Yeah. We are... It's going to be... It's going to be a thing. Yep. Um, so the first book that we are going to be working on is called Umami Bomb, and that is by Raquel Pelzel. And then the next one is Smoke Root Mountain Harvest by Lauren Angelucci McDuffie. McDuffie. So the first book being a vegan cookbook, the second one being an Appalachian cookbook. Yes. Which I'm very excited by. I'm super excited about for now, it. Now, the Appalachian one's a little bit more involved. I, I expect that we'll be spending a little bit more time in the preparation and, and cooking uh, process. And it's not something that we're going to be cooking out of like every night of the week. Correct. Because we just don't have the time it's for It's part of our involved. evil plan. <laughs> Uh, we employed a similar tactic for two books that we just finished. You want to talk about those? Yes. Uh, so... These books, um, they are not out yet. Um, Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, uh, they should be out. Um, The first book is called Eating Out Loud by Eden Grinchpan. And then the second one is Simply by Sabrina Gayor. Now, Sabrina was the featured cookbook author in our very first episode, Bizarre. 
vibrant vegetarian recipes. And this is her new book that's just coming out. And it's, it's, you know, kind of more of the same, like easy everyday. Um, was that one vegetarian? I believe it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So exciting she, stuff. On she the joins the uh, club of the handful <clears throat> of, of authors who we have featured twice. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a rare group. Yes. Uh, maybe we should talk about that in a future episode because right? there's, there's not many, there's only a handful. Take that down. Make yep. a note. Yep. Make a note, Balmer. Making a note right now. <laughs> uh, most importantly, Victoria, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, we're having leftovers. Sexy. Yeah. Our food, our refrigerator is so packed with leftovers. Oh my God. It's out of control. I had a salad for lunch or for <laughs> breakfast this morning. I had, <laughs> <laughs> I had this, uh, grilled pineapple potato affair thing and then i had some cauliflower soup for lunch <laughs> we're 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 making the effort yep to get rid of those those leftovers tonight it's pizza and chicken skewers <laughs> <laughs> and i think there's some grilled nectarines in there too okay. oh the the glamorous life of food bloggers we could do a we need to do a good a big fridge clean out yep. too so should i make a note Make a note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive in. Um, let's talk about the first thing. All right. Korean short ribs. And this comes courtesy of Tangy Tart Hot and Sweet by Padma Lakshmi. This was one of the first books that we um, that we actually did on our page, yep. too. Um, and We've at, owned this book forever. Yeah. Like, this is probably one of the first cookbooks that you and I... Bought acquired as a as couple a, yeah like many decades ago we're old <laughs> <laughs> okay so it wasn't that many decades okay but. so to give you an idea when you open the page to the korean short rib recipe it's disgusting it's like stained and there's like soy sauce stains there's and... some sesame seeds <laughs> stuck down in the crab. it's gross <laughs> But that just gives you an indication of how often we have turned to this recipe, at least several dozen times. Yep. Um, basically what it is, it's um, sesame seeds, soy, there's some amchur, which amchur powder, it was the first time I'd ever used of it, first yep. time I'd ever heard of it. Um, and what that is, it's, it's, a, it's a spice that's made from green unripe mangoes. Um, so it adds a little bit of tartness yes. to the dish. And there's, and there's some heat from the Szechuan peppers. Mm -hmm. uh, chives, sesame seeds, and you let that marinate overnight. Yep. And it ends up being like sticky sweet, a little bit hot. Mm -hmm. And mm. and also... Um, and you just hit them on the grill? Yep. Like and, a minute aside? Yep. And the book, uh, the picture in the book shows English style cut ribs. However, we, uh, we're big fans of the flank and cut. So that's what we use. And if you can get the ones that are like an inch thick, bonus. Yep. Um, I don't know what more we can say about these. I mean, we'll, we'll have these and then we'll do some side just to create the illusion that we're being healthy. So we'll do like some grilled garlic green beans, but really that's just uh, window dressing. I mean, the star of the show is definitely those ribs. Yeah. Um, and it will make a huge mess of your grill and your teeth. 
and your shirt if you're not careful. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Just tie a kitchen towel around your neck like a bib. <laughs> you need like a set of overalls or something. Bring out, bring out the rib-eating tarp. Yep. <laughs> I need one of those. Yes, you do. All right. So uh, the next item on our list is the homemade bread recipe from uh, Michael Ruhlman's wonderful book that came out last year, From Scratch. And Johnny, uh, I've only made this once. Johnny has done it seven bazillion times. Yep. So I'm going to let him talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we like keeping fresh bread on hand. It freezes really well. So anytime uh, we're working through a book and the recipe calls for like a sandwich or some kind of toast, we'll turn to this recipe and grab a few uh, slices from our collection. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a bread collection. Um <laughs> I would say that this bread recipe from the book is worth purchasing that book alone. I um, totally agree. But it's, it's, you know, that aside, it's also a great book. And uh, the basic premise is you start with these 10 kind of classic dishes, whether it be an omelet or roast chicken or a BLT, and you make everything from scratch or at least as much as you can. Um, so in the case of the BLT, that would mean baking bread. Making bacon. Making bacon. Uh, <laughs> growing your own tomatoes and lettuce. Um, and that was kind of how we originally, you know, discovered this book is, is through that uh, BLT. And now we've employed this bread recipe for a lot. So this bread recipe, um, pretty simple. I usually make what's called a pre-ferment the day before, and it's just mixing a little bit of flour, water, and yeast together and letting that activate. And then on the baking day, you just uh, add more flour, water, yeast, and I think it's got a little bit of honey in it for just a touch of sweetness. And then we finish the top of the loaf with uh, smoked sea salt. Which I think is the best part. It like is. I always just want to pick up the loaf of bread and lick the oh, top. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. Okay. Um, but yeah, we can't say enough good things about it. It's, it's good to have a good uh, bread recipe in your pocket, I think. Agree. And, and this is ours. Um, let's move on to the next item. All right. So as we were speaking on before... Um, Bacon. Uh, there is a bacon recipe from Live to Cook by Michael Simon. Um, God, Iron Chef. Iron Chef, um, Food Network. Um, and this is something that takes a while. Uh, it's it's really easy, but it takes a while. Um, and the recipe... Hmm, oh, ahead. I was going to say, you start with a metric ton of pork belly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you go to the butcher and get 15 pounds, 15, I've, I've, 20 pounds. I've purchased 15 pounds at a time. If you're going to do it, you might as well. Go big. Yes. Um, and it's basically pink salt, brown sugar, honey, pepper flakes, paprika, cumin. Um, and pink salt, for for those who don't know, it's what you use to cure. Um, it's also called Instacure number one. That sounded like I said insecure, huh? Kind of. Okay. Insta-cure, number one. Um, it's basically six and a quarter percent sodium nitrate, which is what gives it the pink color, and the rest is table salt. And what's that sodium nitrate do? It helps preserve, kills bacteria. Um, it's not harmful to you, um, but I wouldn't suggest using it as table salt. But kind of an essential ingredient when yes. curing meats. Yep. 
And then what you do is you slather on your spices and you put it in a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sits in the fridge for seven to ten days. You give it a flip every day. And yep. then after that, you take it out, uh, pat it dry, let it air dry in the fridge uncovered. For an additional two few days. days. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, at that point, you're ready to smoke the bacon. Um, if you left it as is, that would be pancetta. Um, but what we do is throw down our trusty Weber Smoky Mountain Grill and uh, let that go for about three hours. <laughs> we portion it out and keep it in the freezer. It uh, freezes really well. And then anytime a recipe calls for bacon, we've got homemade stuff on hand. And let me tell you, way better than anything uh, store-bought. Oh, my gosh. It's just so, like, fatty and unctuous and smoky and a little bit spicy. Oh. And you can cut it to your desired level of thickness because I'm telling you, even that thick-cut stuff that they sell in the store is it's, not thick enough. No, and, like, if you go to the deli case and you're, like, you know, they have bacon there and you're, like, give me some thick-cut bacon, they'll hold up this piece that is... Teeny tiny. Yep. And so sometimes you just got to be like, cut me off a hunk. Yep. And I will slice it myself. Yep. <laughs> or just or just put the slicer on the very last uh, the very last setting. So I would argue that this is well worth the effort, and it's not really a lot of intense active time. It's just a lot of just waiting for mm-hmm. this stuff to cure and and to smoke it. But the actual you know hands on time, not that big of a deal. No. And we will find an excuse to put some sprinkle of bacon on oh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Even when the recipe doesn't call for it. Vegan recipes, we're throwing bacon in the soups and stuff. And sorry. Gotta do Just, it. It's yeah. gotta be done. All right. Let's move on to the next item. Pizza dough. Pizza dough. This would be another thing that I would argue is a good thing to kind of have in your pocket as a you know go-to recipe. Um. Ours comes courtesy of... Cooking for Good Times by Paul Kahan. Um, good old Mr. Kahan is a Chicago native. He's yep. He has amazing restaurants in Chicago. Mm-hmm. His book was great. Um, this recipe is so simple. There's not yeah. a lot of rise time. It's, about, what, about an hour? Yep. Yep. Uh, you make up your dough, portion it out into six balls, and then you can... Freeze them. Yeah, these freeze great. So we make some and just chuck it in the freezer. And then anytime a recipe that we're working from calls for like a flatbread or a pizza, we've got a couple of these we can pull out of the freezer. And the dough is really easy to. I get so excited when I'm like shaping she, the she dough. She kind of does. It's it's. <laughs> I'm just like irrational excitement. <laughs> oh, the dough is so beautiful. I just love handling it. Oh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's great. It, it combines both double zero and all-purpose flour. Um, really, the only difference being that double zero is ground finer. And so when you're making things like pizza crusts or pizza dough, um, it, it gives you that nice like kind of chewy texture that you're looking for in a, in a pizza crust. Um, but uh, you can make it all, you know, in that same day and... Mm-hmm. Can't say enough good things about it. Um, should we move on? Yes. Let's talk no churn ice cream. Let's. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> um, this is from Vietnamese Food Any Day by Andrea Nguyen. Um, 
It's super simple. It's basically heavy cream, sweetened condensed milk, espresso so, powder. In other words, healthy. Super healthy. <laughs> I mean, I've, I see nothing wrong with eating the entire tub. Yep. Um, and it's got, it's super easy to make too. And then rather than churn it, you just chuck it in the freezer for about five to six hours and let it set. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the recipe in the book is a coffee, like a Vietnamese coffee ice cream, but you could add just about any flavor that you wanted to. Chocolate, strawberries. Yeah. Um, and I think we've done those in the in the past, too. We've done some experimenting with a little, mm-hmm. few different flavors. Um, we made this for a cooking class that we teach. Uh, and, you know, everyone was able to just whip it up in, in the you know time that the class took and... We had, I think we had a stunt one. In we the had freezer. a stunt one yeah. that was all ready to go, yep. so that they could have some. Yep. Right after they, right after it was made. So. But uh, yeah, this is another thing that we've we've made several times, um, and man, is it good! Let's move on to our friend Cheddar Bacon Biscuits. All right. Well, I'm going to let you talk about this one because I've only made them once, and you. This is generally your your wheelhouse. It is, yeah. I've I've made these many a time, and it's usually when we're doing like barbecue and and smoking some ribs, and this seems like a good companion to that. Um, it's from the book Pig, King of the Southern Table by James Vilas. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it's a real typical Southern biscuit recipe. Um, there's a little bit of cayenne in there, just a pinch for just a touch of heat. And then, of course, lard. Don't get me started on lard. It makes everything better. Yes. So we actually keep lard in our pantry, just like grandma used to. Right? Um, But yeah, I mean, if you want to get that nice kind of fluffy texture, um, lard is key. And also, uh, it's got to be cold lard. And also, you don't want to overmix it. So this is a recipe where you just kind of mix everything together until it just comes together. And then rather than roll out the biscuits, you kind of pat them and then just use a cutter to you know cut the, the desired shape. Um, but if you do it just right and the stars are aligned, these things are magic. They're so good. And then, of course, there's like half a pound of cheese in them <laughs> and half a pound of bacon. Uh, that's been like kind of coarsely chopped up. Um, but, oh, these are life-changing biscuits. They're also good the next morning. Like yeah. make some egg and mm-hmm. just uh, make a quick little sandwich. Yeah, we've done that several times too. That's always a nice reward for your efforts right. the following day. Um, so, yeah. Our dogs like them too. <laughs> good good, good recipe. All right, moving along. Um, so the next one is smoked chicken. Um, it's from the book Low and Slow by Gary Wivett. Wivett? Wivett. I think it's Wivett. Yeah. Um, and it's just a book about barbecue and smoking. We've mm-hmm. owned this one for years as well. And our go-to recipe in it is this whole smoked chicken. And it's really easy. Basically, what it is is you cut your chicken in half. You put in um, a bottle of Moho Creo. Not Goya, please. Yes. Um, half a lemon and um, olive oil and let that marinate. And that uh, moho sauce is, uh, it's got like an orange juice base 
And then there's some garlic, oregano, cumin. I'm sure there's different varieties yeah. of there, but that's kind of the the main ingredients that you'll find um, with with whatever brand you're using. Um, we usually throw a couple chickens on there. Yep, uh, throw them on there. We can, and then uh, we'll take them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, I I'm always the one to take the chicken apart because I eat the skin. Yep. The skin is the best part. Oh my part. god, it gets so like crispy and and smoky. Um, and then, so we'll usually throw a couple chickens on. If you're going to go through all this effort and firing up the smoker, why not? You know, make it worth worthwhile. So we'll get a couple of chickens. It's really good to get the best you can find and afford because it makes a huge difference. So it if does. you start with like some nice organic chickens um, that haven't been pumped full of. <laughs> steroids and whatever they they put in them to make them so fat unnaturally fat the the chicken breast is as big as your forearm no one wants that no that's not natural um but yeah i mean once they've been marinating in this stuff you throw them on there and you just smoke them for you know anywhere from about four to six hours i would say and then you break down those chickens and you've got just like endless possibilities i mean what have we made with with the smoked chicken? Oh, flatbreads, um, pizzas, pizza, pasta, salads. Ooh, can I tell the story? This is a great story. Please so do. So we uh, we used to do this dinner club thing, and um, someone brought this guest, and someone we didn't know. Someone but we, we were didn't nice know. And good hosts, and mm-hmm. we said, "Hey, the more the merrier." Yes, and this guy was like, "Uh." The chicken's pink. I don't think it's done. You mind if we throw this back on? And and we had to explain to him, like anyone who smoked food, whether it's beef or chicken or whatever, you'll know that it has that kind of telltale pink ring when you cut into it, which is the smoke ring and has nothing to do with the doneness of it because this chicken had been smoking anywhere from like four to six hours at the time. And so it was definitely done. And of course, I'm not a dummy. I use a meat thermometer yeah so it was at the proper temperature and i had to i felt like i had to argue with this person that right? this this chicken was done yeah they didn't have to eat it if they didn't want to but no. i'd be stuffing my face with it and it was going to be delicious and they were welcome to join me but i believe that's the same night that our wedding cake topper got broken too it could be <laughs> and someone had sex in our pantry yes oh come on Boy, this was quite the diversion <laughs> It's always good to inject some little like scandalous material within the podcast to like, you know, hold everyone's attention and entertain uh, them. I don't know if it was sex though. Maybe it was just a blowy. I, now we're really going <laughs> off the rails. Anyway. We'll edit that out. <laughs> no, leave it in. My nieces might be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they know what a blowy is already, then then that's not my fault. (laughs) You'll have to speak to your brother about that. Shall we move on? Yes. Okay. So the next thing we make is a pantry staple. Um, It's preserved lemons. And it is from In My Kitchen by Ted Allen. Um, Host of Chopped. Yes. um, Former queer eye for the straight guy um his book is really great also yep. um preserved lemons are 
you find it all the time in like North African cooking, um, Moroccan. Um, and it's really important to use organic uh, lemons mm-hmm. because you don't want any, because basically you end up eating the rind and you don't want any of any of the pesticides. That's not good eats. Um, and it's super easy to make. You just cut up a bunch of lemons, pack them in a jar. It's uh, salt and sugar. And then that sits for a while. And um, just be sure to rinse them off and take out the pulp. Otherwise, it's a dish ruiner. Yes. Because I've done it before. Absent-mindedly. <laughs> just like cut it up and tossed it in. And I ruin the dish so now this is something we keep in our fridge on a regular basis it'll last up to six months so you can make up a batch of these preserved lemons and throw them in the fridge and not worry about them going bad for quite some time and then anytime you want to really punch up the flavor of a dish just uh dice up a little bit of this rind and throw it in there and it's just so focused and concentrated compared to you know if you just added lemon zest or juice or something Uh um but yeah and i and i would imagine you could do it with other citrus although we've never tried but i don't know oh yeah they've got like lime pickle yeah which apparently is not great no don't try it then (laughs) at least i didn't tell you to do it yeah um i've never had it so i can't i can't uh levy a judgment on that yeah um Lastly, but certainly not least, sous vide steak. You want to talk about this, Victoria? I absolutely do. Waiting. (laughs) Uh, This is from sous vide by Hugh Atchison. Um, It's funny because we got this book in the mail, and then we decided to get a sous vide set up. Yeah. And I think we were kind of late to the party, but once this book arrived, we had been kind of contemplating it, and that was the push that we needed. And we got our immersion circulator, and this, I think, was the first thing we made from it. It was. Yeah. So if you're looking to kind of test out sous vide cooking, I would suggest starting with something simple like a steak or a pork chop or something. Yeah. Um, it's a game changer. It is. And I mean, and we. This is how we cook steak now, and pork chops, and a variety of other things. Yep. Um, um, you just uh, set. What I love in this book is uh, he gives you um, temperature instructions for the different donenesses, and he says if you want a well done steak, you're on your own there. Yep. But uh, one twenty nine is like mid rare, mm-hmm. and you basically toss your steak. Of choice into a resealable bag. Um, uh, a freezer bag. Yep. Works well. Yep. Clip it onto the side. It cooks in a bath of, you know, temperature controlled water. And it's it's foolproof. When you remove it, it's cooked in, you know, all throughout evenly. And the thing is you can let it go. Like, say you're busy and you can just let it go. It's not going to get overcooked. Yep. Um and then you finish it on a ripping hot, I'd like to use cast iron, but like we finish it off on a ripping hot cast iron, mm-hmm. throw some butter in the pan, baste it with the butter. A little and, bit of thyme and garlic. Yep. 
And I mean, what does it take? A few seconds aside? 30 seconds? 60 seconds? I usually do like 45 seconds yeah. aside. It's quick. Yeah. And you get that nice char. And best of all, it's cooked all throughout to your desired level of doneness. Yep. Evenly cooked. Yeah. There's no uh, more done ends. So for anyone who has not experimented with sous vide cooking, I realize we're a little bit late to this, but uh, if if you're like us, uh, pick up that Hugh Atchison book and get started. And I mean, it will it will change how you cook things it, like steaks and it, and especially I love doing pork chops like that because they can always be kind of tricky to get thoroughly cooked properly. And you do these pork chops and it's foolproof. I feel like there's always such a fine line with pork chops. Yes. Either they're perfect or they just turn to like dust. Yes. Which and this takes all the guesswork out of it. So those are our go-to cookbook recipes. Thanks for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as Instagram, we underscore cook underscore books. And Facebook is at wecookbooks. Um, production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Hey, Victoria, you know what time it is? Uh, is it joke time? It is. Food joke time. Hey, there was this uh, news story recently about this uh, fire at the cheese factory in France. Uh-huh. There was debris everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Bye. 